And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I cannot believe it. It's Thursday, tomorrow's Friday, and we are going into Wild Card Weekend. It is postseason in the NFL, and I have on the line, it's been a cool minutes, but I have Bobby, I have Bobby from Sacramento on the line. Bobby, are you there? I'm here, ready to go, man. Thanks for having me. For sure, man. Um, it has been, man, It I think it really has been a whole year since we last spoke and had you on the pod. Happy New Year. It's, it's 2019. How'd you spend your New Year? Hung out. Um, wife and I and the dog uh, kicked it old school, watched some movies, went to bed, and had woke up and had a great New Year so far. How about yourself? That sounds like some grown men's shit. So I, uh, I did not do that. <laughs> I actually... Uh, <laughs> I actually hung out with our boys CeeLo and a couple of the other homies right around Fremont. Uh, we didn't go out per se, but we certainly got turned up at a, at a friend's place and had a good time. But uh, yeah, I stayed up until like one, one-ish and might have might have passed out on the couch or whatever. But um, yeah, I had fun too. Just a, diff- a different there type you of fun. Right? Just a different type of fun. Uh, I, I know you're doing grown man shit for 2019 and... You have a wife, and uh, from what I remember, you have a plus one on the way. On the way, yes, sir. Oh my God! Uh, do you know, boy, girl, or are you gonna leave that to uh, TBD? Is that a game time decision? Baby girl, due in April. Oh my God! Okay, okay. Well, very I... exciting in the Collins household. <laughs> oh shit! So. I appreciate your time, especially since I know that I don't know how many more pods I'm going to get out of you, especially with the kiddo on the way in April. But let's go ahead and talk about some NFC West football, especially with the wild card game at hand. Uh, Saturday night, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the other wild card games this weekend, but Saturday night is kind of where I really want to hone that down on. 520 Pacific Standard Time. It is the prime time Seahawks at Dallas. It's the Seattle Seahawks who, I won't say squeaked in, but uh, they had a really sharp second half run to make the postseason, get that wild card spot at the number five seed. And yeah, the Cowboys are the number four seed, so they're hosting. And off the top, the odds makers put the Cowboys favored at two. I believe they'd open at two and a half, but so it's at Dallas two over under 43. In regards to injuries uh, for Seattle, I think everyone is good to go. Uh, J.R. Sweezy, their guard, he's questionable. He's a game-time decision, but their other guard, D.J. Fluker, he's playing. He's been instrumental for their team this year. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, he is off the injury report, so he should be playing. Uh, Tedrick Thompson, he's slated to go. The only caveat is from last week, Delano Hill. Uh, He fractured his hip, actually, so he's on IR. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, you got you got your your heavy hitters. You got Russell Wilson. You got Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin, Chris Carson, and the running game. They're ready to go. Off the top, I mean, what say you, Bobby, about this game? Uh, I really look forward to watching it. Uh, all four games seem very intriguing this year versus in past years, where maybe there's one dud or or an expected blowout. But I feel like all four games are pretty close, and this is. Uh, um, probably the number one or two game I'm looking forward to watching purely because it's going to be a downhill who can run the football the hardest and, and win in the play action game. Um, I think it's going to come down to who can slow down the run game more than anything. And that's the interesting part about this too, because I looked at the spreads for all four games this weekend 
And the biggest spread is Sunday night, the Bears-Eagles game, and the Bears are favored by 5.5. But outside of that, all of the other three games, they're give and take one to three points. It's going to be that close of a wild card weekend, which is, you know, it's, it's interesting to note. Um, I think that next week you're going to have, you know, the Rams and the Chiefs, you know, this high-powered offense, the Saints. I mean, the quote-unquote feature of the NFL, but... Uh, these games right now for the wild card, this is some traditional defensive run-heavy shit right now, right? Yeah, especially with the, uh, can we call it a, a four-head? More like a three-headed monster that, uh, I guess four-headed Russell Wilson, the four-headed monster that the Seahawks are bringing to town. And, and then you have Zeke Gallion on the other side of the ball, so yeah, man. So let's go ahead and talk about the offense then. We'll talk about the offense first and foremost for the Seahawks. I think the weirdest thing about the Seahawks' offense is they are the only team that runs the ball more than they pass. They're the number one rushing offense in the league. They average about 155.3 yards per game. Um, but more notably, it's, it's kind of this weird caveat. They're running the ball, don't get me wrong, with Chris Carson, Richard Pendy, Mike Davis. Uh, but have you checked out Russell Wilson? He's actually having a career game, a career season, He's uh, having a career in passing touchdowns. He's in efficiency. He's the number one quarterback off of play action. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, do, do you really dig into this Brian Schottenheimer offense, which is kind of weird to say because I never thought he was that good to begin with? I can agree with that. He's one of my least favorite creative-ish offensive coordinators in the league, but he finds a way to get it done when you're getting you know, um, four to five yards of play on just purely running the ball. And with Russell Wilson's escape ability and play action, and uh, I don't know if it's necessarily the RPO, maybe it's more of like a read option and someone's open and he's dumping it off. But I'm looking forward to Russell Wilson's big play ability. Will Dallas be able to slow it down, or will Russell just be thrown over the top to a lost coverage of Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin running wild back there? If you're the Seahawks, I mean... Is this just business as usual? Or are you compromising the game plan against Dallas? I know that Dallas's front seven, notably their linebackers, um, Vanderway. You have, you know, Jalen Smith. You have some really, some really good, solid linebackers. And actually, I think they are. Uh, let me see. In terms of yards per game and what they allow as an overall defense, they're a top six, top seven units, and so they don't allow that many yards. Um, you know, they, they could work a little bit more on the takeaways per se, but they're pretty, you know, you remember that Cowboys-Saints game. I mean, they clean up. Uh, they don't allow that many yards after the catch. So if you're Seattle, I mean, are you doing anything differently against these guys? What Pete Carroll necessarily, well, not necessarily, what he usually does is run, run his game plan and, and try to make sure that his defense is coming all cylinders and their base defense and able to modify as it go and, and their offense is going to be a focus of, of running the ball. Um, I don't think they're going to necessarily change up what, what's going on, even though uh, DVOA is telling us that Dallas has the fifth-rated um, rush defense in the league, which is pretty notable. Uh, but with their, I, I think there's no way that they're not going to be able to run the ball, especially with some of the creativity that they show in some of the run game, some being the keyword. But um, may, maybe it's our cool stat today that showed Russell Wilson is number one in the league on read option plays um, and a part of that was the accuracy of the read so if he and if chose correctly through film 
but more uh, the yardage that he and or the running back are receiving on the decision he makes. It's the highest in the league, so um, maybe they go to that a little more. But then again, like you said, Dallas has uh, two very young, athletic linebackers that you know did nothing but that in college and are probably very keen and ready to do it on, on Saturday night. Do you think Russell Wilson runs the ball a little bit more? I mean, it's playoff time, so RPO-wise, do you think he tucks it in? I think he's going to have to. Um, so to go back to your original question, yes, if there's going to be any changes, it's going to be Russell tucking it, running it, um, to be able to make the play action a little more effective, to be able to make the Chris Carson draw or the Mike Davis uh, with a fullback in front of him run downhill um, a little more effective. So yes. Okay. For me personally, I'll be intrigued because it seems kind of like an anomaly. If you really look at the statistics, you're like, what the, what the hell? Um, Tyler Lockett. So Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett. Uh, they have a perfect passer rating between the two. So when Russell Wilson throws the ball to Tyler Lockett, they have a perfect 158.3 passer rating. They're making great music. Lockett has... You know, um, Lockett only has like 55 catches for the season, but he has 10 touchdowns, which really speaks volumes about um, how big of a playmaker he's been all season. I mean, um, you know, do you think they're going to be able to get away with that against the Cowboys? I mean, I know the Cowboys, they have um, pro bowler Byron Jones, and they have some pretty interesting pieces on the secondary. I mean, uh, do you think that Russell Wilson will be able to, to get away with that? I think that he will purely because of his um, his willingness to escape out of the pocket. That's where kind of uh, Lockett more than anyone is really able to, you know, get out of the current route he's running, find a way to get open and get away from the defense. And that's when Russell Wilson is, you know, maybe at his best when he's on the move and um, escaping and just trying to find Lockett or even Baldwin down low. But, yeah, the, the perfect passer rating uh, is amazing, especially for the stats you were just talking about. I, I, I look forward to seeing what they can do. Yes, I think that they will be a successful combo on Saturday night. Okay. So, conversely, I mean, the Cowboys, I think, like, the first half of the season they had uh, – I got to check the stats. But they had, like – again, you know, they had, like, a 20% chance of making playoffs. And then they made a certain trade – with a certain team from the Bay Area. It's not the Niners, not Santa Clara. It's uh as of now it's it's the Oakland Raiders. They they traded a first round pick for Amari Cooper, the disgruntled receiver that wasn't really doing so hot with them anyways. And so at the time everyone thought it was a bit of a reach to give a first rounder for this kid. But my God, he's gotten about seven hundred yards. 50 receptions with the Cowboys. He has been the, I won't say the number one reason, but he's been a big reason why the Cowboys are in the playoffs. They are a big re- He is a big reason why they are where they are right now. I mean, if you're the Seattle defense, you played the Cowboys earlier in the season, but this is a different Cowboys offense. I mean, I mean, how do you kind of take this all in together now? Uh, it's very exciting. For Mari Cooper, I mean, if I were Mari Cooper, I'd be pretty pumped. You go from a team that's really, you know, not making an effort to get you the ball, and so then maybe you're not trying as hard, so then you get traded, and you're back to being this, you know, top ten potential receiver in the league. Um, a big, a big note that I did see is that uh, um, Shaquille, Shaquille, I don't want to say that wrong. Griffin 
is the cornerback that Cooper's probably going to see, you know, in most matchups. Mm. And I didn't know that he had left the game, the Week 17 game, earlier with an ankle injury. So I don't think there's a lot of opportunity for him to slow down Cooper. It's going to be mostly on Dak to get Cooper the ball. Because as we saw uh, twice or at least once big time uh, in the Week 17 game, uh, Cooper was dogging the Giants and had a 5-8, to eight, maybe 10 yards of openness and Dak overthrew him and missed him. So I think Cooper is going to be a monster. I think he's going to get a lot of targets. I think he's going to be open quite often. It's just a matter of if uh, Mr. Prescott can get him the rock. Cooper does really well on slants and outs. Uh, I've seen a lot more of him than I would have liked to because the Cowboys got a lot of primetime spots. I don't know if you saw him on Thanksgiving, but a lot of his plays came after the catch, off that slant, off the outs, and he's a big receiver. Uh, do you would you double? Would you double Cooper? Are, are you are you kind of a are you scared of the other receivers? You know what I'm saying? I am not yeah. as uh, scared of the other receivers. At least I wasn't until I saw the Colt Beasley touchdown catch last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Gallup doesn't do a lot for me. Beasley overall doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, the tight ends don't really get me all excited. I think that um, the way that Seattle's defense is kind of kind of play is they're going to play their base and they're going to try to stay to it and they're going to flow the coverages towards him. But I don't necessarily mean they're going to double him. I just think that they're going to get more bodies in his area um, to make efforts to kind of slow him down as much as possible. Um, I mean, every man has their job, which means the Cowboys can essentially pick their matchups for Cooper, but I don't know if that's going to slow him down. I think he's I think he's a huge play in like uh, DFS games on Saturday night, playing a little uh, picture players. I think he's one of the guys that could have a really big uh, overall chance to get you some cash. He's not, and here's the thing about him, uh, slants out, he's not a big stretch the field type of receiver. He's never been known for speed. He's been good, a good route yeah. runner, that's for sure. Um, if I'm Seattle, and I know that, you know, you have Tyron Smith, he's got a neck injury. He's, he's going to play, but I think that um, Travis Frederick, he's out. Um, they, they, they'll roll with Joe, Joe Looney. They have... Uh, Connor Williams, uh, who will probably be at guard. I mean, their their offensive line, they're not 100%. It's not the same Cowboys offensive line as of late. And they have Zeke, who's, you know, obviously like a good portion of the, of the offense. And so if I'm Seattle and I have Bobby Wagner, I have KG Wright, I have Michael Kendricks, you know, I am I'm kind of stacking the box at the line of scrimmage. Um, yes. Amari Cooper, obviously, he gives me – some concern, especially if he catches the ball and he breaks a tackle or two. But I'm I'm gonna play my defense a little conservatively. Um, a lot of run run blitzes, a little bit. Uh, I'll be I'm gonna stay in my lane. That that's what I'm thinking. If I'm Seattle, if I'm if I'm Bobby Wagner, for example, the Bobby Wagner versus Ezekiel Elliott matchup should be the matchup that I'm really looking at versus Amari Cooper per se. Yes. I think that's a prime time matchup for the entire playoffs. Is is uh, big time middle linebacker Bobby Wagner trying to come downhill and slow down Zeke Elliott, who's top three running backs in the league. I think that's a huge matchup, something that every NFL fan should be looking forward to. And I think that that's exactly how the game should be played. And we'll see if Seattle makes that choice. I mean, 
make Dak beat you is what you would kind of want, right? That's what I'm kind of alluding to. I I feel that I feel that the Cowboys and the Seahawks are cut from a very similar cloth. You know, a good front seven. They run the football. But I think that Seattle does that a tidbit better. But Dallas is at home. Mm, I mean, it's a different regime, don't get me wrong. But the Cowboys haven't really been, especially in the playoffs, they haven't really, yeah, they haven't really stepped up in prime time. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I guess um, um, I just don't think Jerry World is this huge, um, how should I say this, um, winning factor. Like, it's not going to be a deciding factor as if you went to Seattle on an outdoors, colder, loud, uh, could be raining. I think those are two different atmospheres, and I think that Seattle knows how to come on the road, run the rock, uh, Russell Wilson with the play action, and I get exactly what you're saying. I, I just I don't know if Dallas has shown enough in, in recent memory with uh, Mike Lombardi calls him the clapper to show anyone that they're going to beat a team like Seattle who's been around for a while, even with the quote-unquote down year they may be having. Uh, I'm, I'm still in on the Seahawks. Okay. Well, do you want to call the game? Do you want to talk anything else about this game in particular? Is there another player that our uh, listeners should be watching out for? Um, I know the Cowboys aren't too... Doug Baldwin. Yeah. yeah. Doug Baldwin's going to have a lot of, lot of targets. Um, I think they want to keep him active and entertained and in, you know, always part of the game, the game plan. Um, I think that he is going to be the guy that is going to run a lot of the underneath and a lot of the red zone targets when you go to him. And then that's when you find Lockett over the top in the play action. So, um, yeah, I, the Dallas, the Dallas secondary isn't anything to go home and be, you know, top, top 10 in the league in passing or anything. So I think they're just outside of that. So I could see Russell having a good day and it'd be Doug Baldwin if, if he's successful and, Mixed plays and mixed catches, and I think that that'll be a successful matchup for Seattle as well. Okay, so I'm getting the vibe, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we're on the same page that it feels like Seattle has what it takes to pull the upset on the road at Dallas, right? I like the Seahawks. Uh, Giving points on the Seahawks sounds awesome, and I like the over. So right now uh, it is Dallas two over under forty three. Just call it call it like you see it, Bobby. Uh, what say you? Seattle plus two. They're going to run the rock. Uh, they're going to be slow in the early goings, and the play action is going to open up uh, more and more and more, especially after the run game gets going. I think that Zeke has a has a pretty big game. Um, I think it'll actually be pretty close. Mm. Like a. Um, like a 31-27 kind of game, even though we've been talking up this offensive run game, um, and which means the clock run a lot faster. It could be a fast game. But I like Seattle 31, Dallas 27. Uh, give me the points and give me the over. Wow, actually, I wish that game would actually happen. If that happened, that would be a very promising start to wildcard weekend. Thirty-one twenty-seven. Oh, that's pretty high. Okay, okay. I, I'm kind of on the other side of the fence. I think it is going to be a run-oriented game. I think that both teams are going to kind of play it tight. It's very intense sort of game, an old-fashioned game, 
if you if you if you might say so. So go ahead and give me the Seattle Seahawks twenty four. Give me the Cowboys twenty. I think that Russell Wilson will do Russell Wilson things. He'll come, he'll make a play, and he'll get them out of it in the final stretches. And so give me twenty four twenty, kind of a grinding type of game. But to your point, I, I hope it is thirty one twenty seven. That would be pretty fun to watch. It'll be very entertaining. It'll be very entertaining. Okay, so that is the NFC West wildcard game. Next weekend, the Rams play whoever that... Uh, do, do you know who, who the Rams would play in this instance for wildcard? Do you, do you remember? They would play the lower... Or the, the, the higher seed. So, um, let's say that if Seattle won and they're the higher seed, they would go to... Okay. LA. Okay, because because right? if not, let's just, or if, or the Bears, if the Bears beat the Eagles, then the, the um, then the uh, Rams. Yeah, no, the Bears would go to LA, and the, the Seahawks would then go to New Orleans. Excuse me, you're correct. Okay, all right. Oh, we'll see. If it goes out favorite wise, just yeah. Yeah. All right. If it happens, it happens. Okay. Well, Saturday. We went a bit ahead of ourselves, but it's NFC West, so I'm a little bit biased. But the 1 o'clock game on Saturday, it's Colts-Texans. We don't have to talk too much about it, but it's interesting to note. It's a really close spread as well. Texans favored by one at Houston. But the Colts, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're in the same division. They play each other twice a year. Over under 48. I mean, just initial thoughts on that game. I'm a huge fan of Andrew Luck and the way that he's playing lately. He's guaranteed to have a uh, thinker of a pick at some point uh, in the second or third quarter. I feel like it's guaranteed, but he always finds a way to get out of it because of how well Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines have been running the rock, man. It's pretty impressive, and their defense just does enough. That Tennessee game last week and the Sunday night game showed me a lot. Their defense, Blaine Garrett, I understand, uh, shows shows a lot when they really need to clamp down on the third and long or a third and two even. They're going to you know, really clamp down. And uh, Lamar Miller hasn't shown a lot. I, I, I almost think that Alfred Blue will have a bigger game in the run game. Uh, I I honestly like, even with DeAndre Hopkins, I think that's almost a fact uh, that he's going to have a good game. I think what week does he not? But I'm a huge fan of the Colts on the road, man. I, I like it. And this, this matchup happened recently. They know a lot about each other. I'd like to say it was three or four weeks ago and the Colts went into Houston and won 24-21. That's right. The funny thing is, you know, going back to, to the flow of this game, the Texans, they don't really, they technically don't really run the football that well. And I feel that, especially against this Colts team, who surprisingly, their front seven, thanks to Darius Leonard and a couple of their other Youngsters that they've drafted, uh, they have a kind of a sneaky good front seven. Uh, it might be in the best interest to really utilize that Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins connection and really air it out. Um, you know, I would love something like a 30-27 type of shootout, 31-28. Um, but I'm kind of with you too. I think that Andrew Luck and this Colts team, I, I still can't believe it though, like just... A year ago, Andrew Luck wasn't playing football, and now he's back in the playoffs, you know? Yeah, seriously. We were all worried if he was ever going to play again. And now he's out there. Um, I mean, I, I heard something today on, on the Bill Simmons podcast that, that uh, Kevin Clark basically said that 
the New England McDaniels. McDaniels had turned down the Colts job after accepting it, backed away because someone in within the Colts had told him Andrew Luck is not 100%. And it looks like Andrew Luck is 100%. It's so weird how that goes because the head coach that took the job over McDaniels after that happened, it, what's his name, Frank... Uh, I always forget. I, I always butcher his last name. Yeah, he's coach of the year candidate. I mean, he's done a great job with this team. In fact, this is this might be the I won't say the cushiest jobs, but it might be one of the most promising jobs in the next couple seasons, just because their their roster and their salary cap situation they're set up for a, for a very interesting run in the next three four years. So I'm with yeah, you. Salary cap especially. Yeah. So I'm with you on this. They had a really good draft class the last couple of years, and so. Uh, yeah, give me the Colts over this. Uh, let's go ahead. Yeah, and give me the Colts as well. Colts, Colts, it is. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up. And so Sunday, ten o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Chargers, Ravens. Ravens are favored by three. They have arguably one of the better defenses in the league. It's like either them or like the Bears, who are also playing on Sunday. But the Chargers, they've been on the up and up can say that they have a better team overall than the Kansas City Chiefs who have the higher seed. Philip Rivers, they're they're playing some really good football, but they're playing against a really tough defensive team in the Ravens. And so, I mean, what's your initial take on this? Um, I think it's a really interesting game because of what Baltimore does on offense. We know what they can do on defense. They're very strong. Uh, they can rush the passer. They can play play great pass defense. Uh, but I'm really interested in how the San Diego defense, which is kind of built to stop the offenses, uh, let's say, like the Chiefs or like the Saints, these high-powered, pass-heavy, um, uh, screen defenders, you know. That's, yeah, they have some, that's what they're built. They have great edge rushers, for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and now they got to play this defense that's like pre-1980 Niners, like pre-West Coast offense. We're going to run the rock. We're going to do a little bit of read option, but it's more downhill quarterbacks going to follow two blockers, a guard pulling and a fullback or a tailback. And they're going to try to get seven yards, five to seven yards at top with, with Lamar or with just Gus Edwards. Would you say this really is like a, like a Niners 2012 Kaepernick type of vibe, really strong defense yeah. and a very run heavy offense, an athletic quarterback. Um, maybe not the sharpest passer, but you, you get the vibe I'm, I'm kind of referring to. Yeah, no, totally get it. And his passer rating in the fourth quarter this year is one of the top five in the league, if not top three, I saw minimum of like six or seven games. So the numbers are kind of skewed because he hasn't played a ton of games, even though he's six and one or five and one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very interesting, but Philip Rivers is going to go win the Baltimore and beat these Ravens, man. Something something about Phillip has really got me feeling that the Chargers are going to go in there and they're going to be able to run the ball just enough for Phillip to just air it out as much as possible. And I think it's a steal of a win because I, I really think Baltimore's defense is in another class with Chicago's. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Chargers. Give me some points. Give me some Chargers. I could see like a like a 27, you know, a couple field goals, 27, 21 kind of game. Okay. I'm going to go on the other side. Uh, I just feel – I know it's been a great season for, for you guys, 
Chargers fans, LA, San Diego, wherever the hell you guys are. But I don't know. You guys have – this might be the year, but I've seen you guys lose in weird ways before. I um, feel that this Ravens defense, especially at home, you make a great point. Um, the Chargers defense is built for high-powered offenses like the Chiefs and the Rams, but this might be kind of a weird curveball in the wild card. Go ahead and give me the Ravens 27-24, something along those lines. I think that Lamar Jackson, he'll do just enough. I think this defense will push him through, and I think Lamar Jackson will do just enough. Hopefully he can make a good pass or two in the fourth quarter to really keep keep it a, keep it afloat, but I'm on the other side for this. So, uh, Okay, and then the last game of the weekend... Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles, who just squeaks by into the postseason, they're playing the Bears. And the Bears had the highest point spread of the weekend. I just checked it out. They opened at 5.5. They're now favored by 6. Over under 41. I mean, off the top, I just feel that this is not going to be... I don't think the Bears are going to beat the Eagles by more than a touchdown, but... I don't know. This, this Bears defense, they're like the number one scoring defense in the league as well, thanks to... Another former Raider in the postseason, Khalil Mack. Um, what say you, Bobby? Uh, I think that it's the opposite. I think this is the highest chance of a of not a blowout, but a a you know a ten to fourteen plus win. I think is in this game. I think the rest of them are are too close. Um, with kind of a banged up Foles and what the Bears can do on defense, um, I, I really think this is a big Terry Cohen game. Um, and maybe, maybe we'll see some more of uh, Allen Robinson. This could be a good game for him. Tall, lanky, just fast enough to get by some receivers. This could be uh, another way for Tree Cohen to get open downfield. Trubisky has been on and off. But more than anything, I think this is kind of an explosion game for the Bears. They're showing that they're really invested in, and, you know, they went and got Khalil Mack. They drafted all these great defenders. They traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. And I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be a, kind of a bigger win. Maybe not lopsided, but I think by the third, fourth quarter, you're looking at the Bears up by at least 10. Do you really think so? Do you really think Mitch Trubisky in his playoff debuts? I mean, I know Matt, Matt Nagy, he's, in my opinion, he should be coach of the year based on what he did to this team and that's kind of what I'm referring to I mean this is Mitch Trubisky on national playoff spotlight and I do think that experience matters I, I do think there's some validity to Nick Foles and the Eagles and the legend of Big Dick Nick um, I think that this might be a closer game I would take the points I just don't it opened at five and a half did six but I just feel like it's going to be a closer game I might even go outright and say that because of the experience, um, this Eagles front seven, their pass rush may not be as good as it was last year when they won the Super Bowl, but it's capable. They have Michael Bennett, Brandon Graham. I mean, you know, they have some players, obviously. Um, Alston Jeffries is, is getting caught at the right time with Nick Foles. That's kind of where I'm getting at. I just feel that, you know, if this Bears defense where to score you know multiple points force some turnover sure but 
I'm kind of feeling on the upsets. So we're on completely different. Like we're on completely different. We diff- are. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's okay. That's what, that's what we're doing here, man. So it's fun. Okay. Well, just just predict th- this score and let's wrap up this pod. I mean, what say for this game? So you feel like the Bears are going to beat them by 10 plus? Well, what's the final score? Yeah, I'm looking at a 24 10 kind of uh, Bears. Trubisky at home under the lights. Uh, Bears defense does everything for them. And Tariq Cohen has a great game, and the Eagles don't get enough turnovers to keep to keep up with the Bears. Tariq Cohen attack, baby. Okay, I think that the Bears—I won't say kind of like the Rams, but from worst to first, like the Rams last year, it's a great story. You know, they have an awesome feature ahead. Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, like I like what they're bringing to the NFC, but it's not their time yet. So go ahead and give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles 21. Give me the Bears 13. I, I think they, they uh, lay an egg. I think they disappoint. I think that the moment is too big for them. That's just me. So. Yep. yep. Yep, yep, I dig it. I like it. All right. Bobby, I appreciate your time. Happy New Year. Before we end this pod, anything else you want to say? Anything else in your mind? But, you know, this has been great. It's great to have you. It's been great. Look forward to future pods. Thanks for having me on. And uh, let's see where Antonio Brown goes. At AB, holla. There's been some rumors that he wants to go to the Niners. And it would be nice to see him in the NFC West, but we'll see in due time. We'll see in due time. We'll have a little bit more time to talk about that when we get to the official offseason. There's going to be plenty more to talk about in the NFC West. So, guys, until next time, appreciate you following the pod. Continue to check out my IG at Just the West, Twitter at Just the West, and of course my blog www.justthewest.com. Till next time, we out here. Peace.